Hey, it's John from CityCast. If you're in the mood to pamper yourself a little bit this week while supporting cruelty-free products, you should check out Bone Cur Home and Wellness. It's the best place in Portland to find everything from chic home decor to cannabis accessories. They've got a curated collection of vegan and cruelty-free home goods and wellness products because their name is French for kind heart, after all. You'll get a 20% discount on your first order when you sign up for emails this week at boncoeur.net. That's B-O-N-C-O-E-U-R.net. And use the code BONCOEURCITYCAST20. Did you know that Portland has a city flag? If you've been to a Timbers game, there's a high probability you've already seen it waving from the stands. It has a green background and in the center, a white four-pointed star where blue, white, and yellow stripes pinwheel out from for some added pizzazz. Now, our city flag has been rated one of the best in the country, but the design we know now was almost ruined by City Hall. For decades, it was only hung in bureaucratic offices, too fugly to really catch on with actual Portlanders. So today on CityCast Portland, Ted Kay, who wrote the Bible of flag design, Good Flag, Bad Flag, is going to share the story of our city banners glow up. It's Monday, April 24th. I'm Claudia Meza, and this is what Portland's talking about. Ted, you were actually involved in the making of Portland's current flag. Like, what exactly was your involvement? Well, Portland's flag goes back to 1969 when a group proposed a city flag to the city council. And the Arts Commission, led then by Libby Solomon, took on the job of creating a flag for the city of Portland. Libby leaned on her predecessor, Doug Lynch, the former chair of the Arts Commission, to design a flag. He declined at first because it was too political, but eventually she talked him into it. And at the last minute, the city council overruled his design and added items to the design that it thought should be on a flag. So the Mm -hmm. flag went from a a, a really sound design to one that was kind of butchered by the politicians. Like what, what were they adding? I'm just curious. Well, as you might expect, the artists said it should be abstract, it should have stylized symbolism, it should be simple. They got good flag design long before I wrote the design guidebook called Good Flag, Bad Flag. Mm -hmm. They got it. The city commissioners said it's got to say Portland on it. It's got to have the founding date of the city. It's got to have a rose mm. on it. It's got to have Mount Hood. It's got to have the city seal. That's too much. They were literalists and they just didn't get flag design. And the city of Portland flag sort of lingered as this poor design for 30 years. It lingered. And I met Doug a few years before 2002 and I invited him to come to the Portland Flag Association meeting. And he started attending our meetings because he was interested in flags. And and he said, you know, if I had it to do over again, I'd I'd make the blue stripes wider. I'd move the central star closer to the center of the flag. And I'd throw that seal off the the flag. And I'd change the upper left-hand corner back from blue to green. uh, And I think that would be a better design. But he said, it's been 33 years. And I said to him, Doug, we can do something about this. And Doug mm-hmm. said, well, my my cross the street neighbor is Sam Adams. He works for the mayor. I'll, I'll go talk <laughs> to him. 
And in the coming months, Doug and Sam and I wrote an ordinance that we then took to city council. And Vera Katz, the mayor, very enthusiastic about it, said, this is great. And everybody voted it in. That was the first reading. It has to happen twice. She said, come back next week and bring a real flag. And so Mike Hale at Elmer's Flag and Banner got his seamstresses to lickety-split sew up a full-size new flag. We went back the next week and they voted it in and she pointed over to the old flag in the city council chambers and said, take that down and send it to archives. Put that new flag up on the pole. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I saw the Portland flag before I even knew it was the Portland flag. Like, I'm going to show you something real quick, Ted. This is the first time that I was aware that the Portland city had a flag, and I, I actually thought it had something to do with the Timbers because it's part of the Timbers, one of the a famous Timbers, you know, scarf. Indeed. Which is like Soccer City. That's right. In fact, the largest group embracing the Portland city flag is the Timbers Army. Yeah. They will have a 100 of those Portland flags flying, and of course many people associate that with the Timbers, when in exactly, fact both yeah. are associated with Portland. And that's that's a wonderful use of the flag. In fact, the Portland flag is now part of the kit of the Timbers. Yeah, it's out there. I mean, I feel like even people just walking down the street, um, I see more Portland city flags up, waving in people's houses than American flags. Like It's like Portland first. <laughs> Indeed. Well, I'll say in 2004, my national group, NAVA, the North American Vexillological Association, NAVA.org, ran a survey asking people to rate the design qualities of 150 American city flags. That was the 100 largest cities in the country, every state capital, and at least two cities in every state. And Portland's mm -hmm. flag came out in the top 10. It was rated in the top 10 U.S. city flags in that survey. And that gave a, a, a nice little boost to Portland flag embrace. And as you point out, many people fly the city flag to show their connection to the city from their houses. And I assert that that's because it's a great design. Mm -hmm. There's a vast number of American city flags that are a poor design theme, which is put the city seal on a solid background. And that has a challenge for two reasons. One, seals don't belong on flags. You can't see them at a distance. They're meant to make documents official, not to be seen on a piece of fabric waving in the breeze a long way away. But also, the city seal represents the city government, not the entire not the city. people. Yeah. And so I like to say that when things are going right, the seal represents the government and the flag represents the people. And mm -hmm. those cities that have flags that don't have seals on them, that are great designs, we see them all over the cities. We even see them showing up as tattoos. And mm -hmm. that's the best marker of civic embrace of a flag that I know. All right, let's take a quick break here. When we come back, Ted is going to share his top picks of city flag designs from the U.S. And his ranking might surprise you. So let's be honest here. Um, you just said that Portland's flag was one of the top 10 when it was, you know, there was a survey about it. Um, do you think Portland has the best flag in the nation? Or do you think that honor 
should be bestowed on someone else? I think the honor, in both my opinion and the results of our surveys, goes to Chicago with a close tie with Washington, D.C., based on not only the stellar design qualities, and that's a play on words because both of them use stars, mm -hmm. but also their embrace by the populace that those flags represent. Those flags in Washington, D.C. and Chicago are everywhere. Mm -hmm. And Portland has some penetration of its flag, but there are some design challenges of the Portland flag. The yellow next to the white on the mm -hmm. Portland flag is, like looking at it right now. <laughs> is not as successful as it could be. The way that Doug Lynch tried to address that was to make the yellow as dark as possible. It's also it's it's actually called a Spanish yellow. It's got a lot of red in it. It's a gold, mm -hmm. very goldish uh, yellow. And that helps it contrast with the white. But still, that's not as successful as it might be. It's not as simple a, a flag as it could be. Mm -hmm. But I, I wanted to do a counterpoint. You said that the Chicago flag and the DC flag were considered the best in the in the nation because one, they've been so thoroughly embraced and two, they're so simple. And my counterpoint is that they're too simple and one, they look very similar. I understand what you're saying. Both have horizontal stripes and stars on them with a white background. Uh, and I think it's no coincidence that those designs floated to the top. They are similar in that way. However, they have very different meanings and mm -hmm. they, they could not possibly be confused at a distance. The color of the stripes, the shape of the stars, the location of the stars in relationship to the stripes. It's actually virtually impossible for a flag to be too simple. That was your objection, too simple. But we have to keep in mind the fundamental purpose of a flag. The fundamental function is signaling at a distance and then have a design that's memorable to the people who see it. And both of those flags, the Chicago and Washington flags, meet those criteria. Now, the Portland flag does too. The Portland flag is discernible at a distance. And you can remember that's the Portland flag once you've been told that. Portland flag has the blue stripes representing the confluence of the rivers, the green background representing the forests. And then if you want to get into it, the gold going along the rivers representing wheat or, or wealth, uh, four-pointed star in the center representing Portland itself. That design, you can remember it, and it's distinctive enough and simple enough to be recognizable at a distance. Simple flags are usually better flags. We've identified over 300 cities that have adopted new flags. And some of them are world-class designs. Salem, Oregon adopted a world-class flag that finished in the top group of flags. It's a wonderful, symbolic, meaningful, discernible design. And frankly, it outranks Portland. Is it the the blue bar, white, and there looks like a flower in the middle of the white um, section? You've described it. Yeah, it, it's so Hawaiian looking. I like it. It looks very like it could be Hawaiian. It, it could be because you're seeing a big flower uh, on there. That flower is a cherry blossom because Salem is the cherry city. It's a pink cherry blossom, but the center is a star representing Salem as the state capital. And then along the hoist, 
is a light blue vertical bar that represents the Willamette River. So it's the Willamette River and then the Cherry City as the state capital, a dark pink cherry blossom on a white background. Mm -hmm. It's a world-class flag, in my opinion. Yeah, it's really pretty. So let's wrap it up by saying, okay, what makes a good flag and a bad flag? So I'm going to I'm gonna tell you what you've said so far. So far, one, it has to be simple. Two, it has to be recognizable from very, very far away. Uh, three, it has to be uh, embraced by the people, and it shouldn't represent government. So seals, anything too intricate, you know, that represents uh, a government is is a little boring. And also you can't really see a seal from like, you know, 100 feet away, right? Is that what right. I'm, I'm gathering? Mm -hmm. Yes. Is there anything else that uh, would make a good flag versus a bad flag? And can we just talk about it in terms of the Portland flag? Well, you've done a great job of summarizing basic principles of flag design. And if we evaluate the Portland flag on those five principles, Keep it simple. Portland's flag is almost simple. I'd say the extra fimbriations, these white borders, is a little bit less than total simple. But compared to most city flags, this is a simple flag. Meaningful mm -hmm. symbolism. That means so that people can remember what it represents. Uh, a full, full marks. Use two to three basic colors. This is four colors, so it's slightly off of that, that principle of two to three colors. No lettering or seals. Full marks, Doug Lynch got the seal kicked off of the design, and be distinctive. This is a distinctive flag. There's no other city flag that looks like this. So Portland gets high marks with uh, slight, slight discounts on simplicity and number of colors, but it rates very highly. Can I just tell you that, like, I feel like I've never seen a flag like Portland's. I think that's why people embrace it so much is because it looks like mm -hmm. it was actually designed by a sports like uh, company. It looks like it could have been like a 70s tracksuit, which is why it's so cool because it's retro looking. And I understand, I mean, yellow against green, it's just so bold, but I also understand why it might be a little too, a little too much. And I feel like that's so Portland. So why does a city need a flag? A city can use its flag to represent itself to the outside world, that's branding. And the city of Portland's flag has begun to be embraced by Portlanders to show that they connect to Portland as a city. But I hope more and more people will use it because it creates civic pride for Portland. Mm -hmm. And so I encourage people who aren't aware of the city of Portland flag to go find out about it and go buy one. Elmer's Flag and Banner on Northeast Broadway will be happy to sell you one and show your Portland pride with a Portland flag. Oh, thank you, Ted. I appreciate you taking the time and talking to us. It's fun and I'm glad on behalf of Portland that we have a great flag. And now for your microdose of news. West Coast cannabis growers are hoping the Biden administration will bail out the industry by allowing intrastate trade between states with legal cannabis. An OLCC report earlier this year said our state's cannabis industry is in arguably the weakest economic position it has been in since the inception of the program in 2016, partially because of overproduction. But now that 21 states have legalized recreational use, Growers are saying there's a market opportunity beyond Oregon. And the Portland Parks Bureau has cleared a section of North Portland's Madrona City Park, 
which borders the Adidas campus, and filled it with logs. So just dirt and logs. The goal is to prevent camping by unhoused people and to stop vehicles from entering the woods. Some neighbors worry the strategy will actually hurt the park, the vegetation, while the city says the logs will actually help restore the site's ecology. And I think the city might have a point here. Cars not constantly driving through the wooded area might help in the long run. The city is also planning on eventually planting oak trees in the section it has cleared. For even more local news and events, sign up for our daily newsletter, Hey Portland. We'll throw a link in the show notes. That's all for today here on CityCast Portland. If you enjoyed the show, share it with a friend, rate it, or leave us a review. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more from around the city. Until then, see you at Slim's. <laughs>